Yeah. It's that money boy. Yeah. Get ready. Thank you for joining the ESBC podcast. Where the purpose of the podcast, uh, this one is to kind of get to 50 years old and start reflecting on human nature to don't make the same mistakes again. You got to be uh, sharpening your thinking. I have a master's degree in business, clients that worth $50 million. Uh, and they want to escape life, right? So they pay me to be in touch with going on on the ground, be aware of your surroundings. And in life, you never stop learning because life never stops teaching and things change, right? Uh, right now, it's March 1st, 2022, when Putin uh, invaded Ukraine. 2014, and they had a coup. Where came up, it's a conflict between Russia and Ukraine. Totally different conflict. In 2022. Now it's on TV every day with technology, right? And that's part of the, the the war, the information war. Same thing. So you have to kind of profile and learn from people so you don't make the same mistakes. And my wife's been a psychotherapist for 17 years. We watch a lot of crime shows. She deals with uh, law enforcement and criminals, her day job. So you learn a lot. So we're filling in the gaps of things you do not hear on other true crime podcasts. Now, if you're the smartest, strongest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? Putin doesn't have anybody in this room except him. And that led to the miscalculation of this Ukraine invasion. Not a small thing, right? He's gotten about 8,000 Russian soldiers killed because he thinks he's the smartest, toughest guy in the room. So uh, Scott was helping me with the NFL draft last year. And Scott knows a lot. He's older than I am. And both of us, we wouldn't have made it north of 50. We would have gotten killed if we didn't know a thing or two. And I, and I did notice throughout my life, a lot of cohorts, new work from the pandemic, were dead. <laughs> dead a long time ago. And there's certain rules to life that we'll share in this podcast. I know you know people listen to the podcast. And you, the, the things we share on here are things that we know 100% we should do. 
like three team themes of this podcast that we'll talk about and we'll get deeper into next week but don't commit two crimes at the same time don't go back to the scene of the perfect crime and know your surroundings so this is going to be overview with george Brown. thanks for joining me scott no problem we're back after a, a little bit of a break um happy to be here you know looking forward to it um you know, I read some stuff on him, you know, yeah. as I call him, Mr. Mon George Navarro, Mr. Monmouth himself. Right. His, his, a lot of his successes came from there. He's a New, he's a New York guy. Um, seems, I think he's from Cuba. Seems like he's from Cuba. Not, not for sure where he's from. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm enjoying this because, you know, horse racing is kicking up right now. Kentucky Derby is, is two months away, basically. Right. Um, Dubai is heating up. Big time now, you know. You get the Florida. You got all the derbies coming up to qualify for that. So, um, this this stuff is is very good. It gets you to do your research, you know. And you you pointed me to the indictment, which I was thumbing through a little bit earlier. So, a lot of stuff with this guy. A lot of stuff with this guy and and his his syndicate, so to speak, of of people that are surrounding him. So the syndicate that he belongs to. So we're going to go through the indictment, and we're going to talk about. It's human nature, right? These are people that are around you. And Scott and I like to bet on sports, but I treat it like an investment and it's paid for my life sometimes. Uh, it's paid for a lot of things. So we're gonna go in general with George Navarro and then we'll go into detail of the indictment of George Navarro. And he's been sentenced. Then we're going to talk about the guy who isn't sentenced, who's going to go to a trial. Now, what you have to watch out for is there's a fine line between being very confident and successful, right? And yep. being delusional. Now, I know some super rich people who are delusional, but it just hasn't hurt them, right? Uh, but it can get to you. Right, uh, no. you know, especially if you're on a uh, certain level. But you know, now he's sentenced. He was fined uh, twenty-eight million dollars. What was his lifetime earnings, Scott? You were talking about it before. Thirty, thirty-four and a half million dollars was what he what he made in the horse racing business. And he, the fine was twenty-eight point five. So he made a lot of money, but it didn't start that way. Well, he, he started as a horse groomer, make 20 bucks an hour, working with his family. And the horse groomer, sometimes they'll take the horse to, you know more about horse racing than I do. I'm learning about horse racing. Yeah. And, uh, in the meanwhile, we'll give you the triple crown winners. Last year, we got two. Two out of three. We got two out of three. We got 12 to one Medina Spirit, who's now dead. Yeah. Yeah. And I got another one 12 to one. And I was wrong. Uh, probably disgusted by that time. <laughs> got to the Bilbao Stakes, learning about different things. Uh, yeah. Learning about the handle. The handle of the Triple Crown reaches over a billion dollars. More important than that, uh, is 
Keeneland, right? Keeneland uh, Horsach. Yeah. Sorry. And that's also, it's also a key number because when you see a key number with a group of people, and, uh, Scott, we're talking about that, because uh, Putin's a group of people. He's not just one guy. He's a group uh, of Russian elites of oligarchs. Yeah. Who, uh, control things. Yeah, every time that you, you watch these races, when they talk about these trainers and stuff like that, it's never just one guy. It's right. always this guy and a group of his friends. This guy is working for so-and-so farms. So as Josh said, it's never just one guy. It's always like a group of five or six that are involved in the training of the horse, the buying of the horse, you know, getting them into the races and stuff like that. So um, it's always a group collaborative effort as it is with everything, but especially, you know, horse races, are no different, no different. So. Right. So uh, last week, right. We gave you an overview of everything. We're going to talk eventually. Once we get the uh, out of the indictment or within the indictment, we'll talk about the Stroner family, right. And the murder of Honey and Barry Sherman, Stroman, uh, Barry Sherman, uh, who was uh, with the uh, with the uh, Stroman family, they're involved in the central town. The central of the story is a town that I've been in, Ocala, Florida, and this is how I got roped into George Navarro. I was researching something else, and I read George Navarro wants to be transferred to Ocala, Florida. Now, if you haven't been to Ocala, Florida, don't go, right? You got the Ocala National Forest, which in the Ocala National Forest, embedded within that forest are many serial killers who haven't been caught. People go in there on hikes, and they die, they end up dead. I went to the uh, Ocala and I went to the bad boys farm to do some catering. <laughs> and, you know, and that's where I saw uh, John Gotti and John Gotti Jr. So when I read George Nevada wants to be transferred to Ocala, right? And there's a horse farm. Who is this George Nevada guy? He started really humble, right? He, he started from he came from a foreign country, goes to the horses, and then he becomes uh, a winning trainer, right? Yeah. Yeah. $35 million. How does that happen? Okay. Not, not the good way. <laughs> not the good way. So let's listen to him talk, right? Let's see what we can gather from him talking. How does a guy like this that talks like this ends up making... Uh, at least $35 million. What have you sort of learned and about how to get the best? The preface this, this is the Dubai World Cup. So he goes from grooming horses, right? To $35 million, probably about this point. And now he's at the, talking about the Dubai World Cup. He's run this races a few times here in Dubai. And we all know, not maybe, not all of us know. And we'll detail uh, a Saudi prince, so you know. But Dubai means that part of the Saudi royal family, the reason they're important is because uh, they keep Russia in control. 
that Russia supports Europe with 40% of their oil. The other 40% is Saudi Arabia. So Saudi Arabia's 20%, Russia would be 60%, and Putin would be even more powerful in his little yep. group. But he's over there with these people, <laughs> racing a horse. Let's listen to George. You get a taste of who he is. He's got a New York cap on. He's wearing a dungy polo in Dubai. That are your horse this year. You know what? From last year, no, not even last year. From the first time I was here, a good horse approached me, my first ride over here, and he said, George, promise me something. Once you get here, promise you're not going to do nothing crazy. Oh, I let the horse be. Don't get on his way. I know. Listen, you have a... What's he really talking about? You approach them. The let don't do anything. What do you think, Scott? What was the guy talking. really talking? Because now looking at it years later, it looks like he's confessed. You let somebody talk more than thirty minutes, right? That's another maxim. Yeah, and he, he seems like he's trying to search for the right answer too in his brain. Right. As he right. goes on, he's talk. He keeps talking, and then it starts clicking in as he's going on. He, so does he thinks. Uh, he, he just got in with people in Dubai. That's, that's the whole thing. He, he just get in with some people, and that's why he's racing over there. I mean, well, no, local... you know, yeah, yeah, you know, they, they want horses there. They want to have races like they do there in the United States. Yeah, they go to Belmont. They talk to Penn National. Remember Penn National from last week, which was the week before. Listen to the podcast. Yep. Podcast yep. builds on the previous podcast. Exactly. So no doubt. Last podcast we talked about who Penn National is. Yeah. Connected to different mafias and syndicates, uh, Northeast Mob, Steve yep. Wynn, all of them, right? Exactly. He's part of that group that together they go to Dubai. And yep. they told him, hey, don't do anything crazy. Yeah, we plan a whole year, all right? And then uh, you're three months out. Of course, let you know if he's going to make it or not. Uh, so why do you want to do something here? I'm probably uh, always prepared. Yes, there's always a question. Have I done enough? I, that, I guess that's every trainer question. Do you think you've done enough? I mean, the way the results have gone this year, I mean, have, it, it, do you, what, what do you think? Seriously? <laughs> yeah. I ask myself the same question every day. I ask my rider, the groom, which is my uncle, you think we've done enough? All right. And uh, they tell me, George, stop asking yourself that question. All right, he's ready. You've done, you've done enough already. So. It, it clearly is a very competitive race this year. You look at the quality, Breeders' Cup winners and, and some of the other horses around. Are you going to have to raise your game? <sighs> you know why I don't want to sound like other trainers. I think I ran against a great horse last year for what that horse did. Broke bad. Covered that much ground on a speed favoring track. I think I do. I do think that I ran against the best sprinter in the world last year. All right, Broad H was there. All right, uh, he went third to me. So you know what? With a little bit of lady luck, breaking good out of the gate, and everything going my way, uh, I like the chances. And this year, you come in off some good wins. Has it been a completely trouble-free preparation? And so, you know, because there was talk before that the one or two little niggles um, has has have you and obviously came out and ripped them apart last time you ran. Well, one one thing I could tell you is, I had X Y Jet since he was a two-year-old. Uh, this is the first time that I could say I could train him. There is nothing, nothing right now bothering him. There is nothing, nothing. 
Uh, the way he's eating, he's tearing up the feet up. And that's a good sign when a horse tears up the feet up, that'd be the way he does. What I meant by tearing up the feet up is that he eats everything. Usually the trip gets him. The way training here, the heat, missing something at home, but right now he's not missing anything. You're a very positive character. So clearly the optimism, but you know, it sounds like in your heart of hearts, you you're, you are the one to beat. For, forget the fact you've got a Breeders' Cup winner in there. And last year you ran into the best sprinter. You think you are the best sprinter in the world right now. I don't think I'm the best sprinter in the world. I just think that uh, for some reason he likes Dubai. You gotta beat every obstacle that Dubai gives you. The shipping over here, uh, the way they train over here, the walk to the track, and you know what? Everybody tells me that George, he knows where he's at. It takes him 45 minutes. So here's an insight too, right? The walk to the to the uh, the walk up until the gate, right? So that's how he made money. He gave people tips on which horse was, you know, that's how they knew he knew about horses. Because yeah. he gave people tips or signal of which horse uh, was training right, right? So he mm -hmm. won the Dubai gold, the richest race. He won it. He won the yep. Saudi Cup race. He won all those races. Now, the Saudis, the prince, is not going to take a loss sitting down. Right? And we'll talk right. more next week, but uh, how this all evolved. But if the prince has his eyes on you, right? Yep. I go back to the scene of a perfect crime, one of our themes here. Let's get over here. Yesterday I was worried. I was like, where is he at? And he, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And is that you just let, let him tell you what to do? There's no rushing, yeah. just no, no. Yes. I, I'm not getting on his way. Listen, I'm gonna the guys, I'm not gonna play uh wizard here. All right. Uh haven't done much the last two times he has been here. I'm doing a lot this time. So listen, if if he shows up, if he shows up what he showed last year, I think they're trouble. Sorry to say it, but thank you very much. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Because it's all unraveled when maximum security, right? Got busted uh, at the Saudi in the Saudi Cup. But if you have an enlarged prostate, do this right? Because it was a spiked horse. Everybody knew it was a spiked horse. But Bafford took it anyways to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. I didn't care because I, I bet on my security won the money because it was obvious it was a, a spiked horse. Yeah. Yep. So that guy you listen to there, $35 million at least. He gets $10 million for the one race, right? So he makes 10 million on one race. Lifetime is 35 million. He's been racing for 20 years. The numbers don't add up. That adds to 45 million. Where did the other money go, Scott? It's in a, it's in a uh, secret pipeline someplace that only his wife and her family or knows. He went in, in, in Penn National. Yeah, yeah, it's just, you kick up in the mob, you don't get to keep all the money. Right? Exactly, exactly. So he, you know, he. So you back here. They're the ones paying off. The FBI. Yes. Say, Josh, why do you think the FBI agents are paid off? Because what he eventually got popped in, right, is an eight-year FBI investigation that they're gathering evidence. 
Yeah. So the evidence in the indictment is just the tip of the iceberg. Exactly. No so doubt. Really going on. No doubt. And there's and there's a lot in the indictment. If you get it, you know, people get a chance to read it, read it. But you know, I skimmed we'll through get into it. Detail next week. Yeah, we'll get into it next week. Link, but there is a link on the episode notes that people can read it. Yeah. There is a lot, a lot of years that have gone into this guy that came to fruition at the end. There's Only the after, F- after maximum security at the, yep. at the Saudi Cup, where yep. you got oil involved. You know how much how much crazy how things revolve on oil, right? Yeah. It, it, you know, things are getting expensive out there now, and it's, it's the Gulf War, right? It was about oil. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, and it's it's just like we said pre-show. You, if you're, it's and go back and look at his stats. There's a, you can go to a place where you can see his stats. Okay, my feeling in horse racing is if you win eighteen to twenty percent of your races, okay. You know, that's one of every five, basically. If you're above 20 to 21%, you're doing something, you know. And there are years where he's in mid-30% winning, not placing or showing, winning races. So you know, and we'll get into the indictment next week, and we'll get into all specifics, obviously. You know he's doing something to his horses. And that's what the FBI was looking at. And that's what all, all these people were looking at. You know, I don't see it. It may have been involved other things too. They were looking at all this stuff. You know, why is this guy, you know, they got tipped off by somebody. Well, no, know. they knew what he was doing, right? Because they, they had been investigating him. For, yeah. And, now, and it could, it, and it could come from. You know about the CIA. Because once he spiked the horse in Saudi yeah. Arabia, once the Saudi prince is developing a relationship with the ultra grifters, right, uh, Ivanka and Jared Kushner, yep. Now George Navarro can't be as comfortable, right? And again, life, life, you never stop learning because life never stops teaching. He yeah. gets really comfortable, and he gets so arrogant that he starts making. Uh, mistakes to somebody with that much money, supposedly. Yeah. That's the way I say supposedly, because how much is he kicking up? We know he has a $28 million fine, because that's what they found that they could get back. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have. And, and the other thing you got to understand about this, too, he dopes the horse, the horse goes out, the horse goes out and wins. He's going to do the same thing because it says, oh, this works. So he's going to dope the next horse. That right. next horse goes out and wins, and all of a sudden it becomes a whole big thing where he's paying veterinarians off, he's paying his jockey or his trainer off, he's paying, you know, he's paying all these people off to say, okay, we're successful. Let's let's form the group and let's keep doing this. And and as we'll go into next week, there is a litany of people, every walk of life that you'll find out about next week in the indictment. In the weeks coming weeks, because we'll separate them, right? Yeah. Because there's people you see walking around in life that that you have to uh, know who they are. Yeah. Your surroundings, because things can go south very quickly. And I'll I'll take my success 
you know, in both betting and fantasy, I'll take it back to this. I'll, I'll correlate it with this. My successes are based on listening to people. Right. Being on the betting podcast with Josh and Chad every Tuesday and Wednesday. That's how I'm successful. I do homework. I don't cheat the system. I, you know, nobody cheats the system. You know, it's all there. And, and that's the thing. If you cheat the system, you're going to be found out. So in life, put the work in, do the work, and you'll see the fruits of labor come through. Don't take shortcuts. Don't cheat the system. Do the homework. Do what you're supposed to do. And, that, and that'll lead to success. This guy, he cheated the system, took shortcuts, did anything he possibly could to be successful. But, you know, and as we talked about Mike Gill a couple of weeks ago, same thing. Right. Cheated the system, you know, got success, and then got found out. So, Well, the thing is that there's a lot of people that don't get found out. Yeah. You know, yeah, I agree with that, too. Successful lives, because we're not judging. Like the good book says, don't, don't judge. You're not judged. No, no, a lot of people do a lot of shady stuff. And then it's a like prosecution, right? Putin's doing crimes, but he's not going to get prosecuted. You right, and I exactly. wouldn't prosecute because we're not Putin, right? Uh, basics that our parents taught us that that was stupid when I first heard it. That was just another lie like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, when oh. being true, right? Uh, in this case with him, Demon Podcast, don't commit two crimes at the same time. We'll get in more details next week. And don't go back. But don't go back to where you did it the first time. <laughs> don't go back to the scene of a perfect crime. No. 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 Your surroundings. So listen to people. Uh, in, in the reason I talked about selective prosecution, because we'll talk about this next interview we'll hear with him, where, and this is a big break, right? Because... Uh, and it bleeds to a lot of things that go on and distracted by the pandemic and now there's a war going on, but doing this kind of gets me back into seeing the patterns and not judging the patterns, just knowing what the patterns are so I can anticipate the next move yep. and monetize. Yep. Because at the end of the day, it's all about getting ahead of the game and making money on these horses. Yeah. Like we did last year with the poor Medina spirit, his soul died, but we made money off that horse. We knew it was spike, but the big change happened when it got overseas and you made a good point with the CIA because the CIA is going, what's going on. Right. And right. The CIA says, Oh, you got an eight year investigation on this. Uh, why hasn't there been any indictment? And that exactly. indictment happened. George, not knowing his surroundings, going back to the scene of a perfect crime, and since he knew the judges were paid off, as he knew the FBI agents were paid off, he did not educate himself, and the people did not educate themselves that even Putin has a limit. Putin can't piss off the oligarchs around him to keep him in power. Yeah. Right now, everybody, unless you're the oligarchs or the super elites, as they call them, you're listening to someone. And the super elites, they have to listen to their bodies and to health. <laughs> They're mortal like everybody else. Yeah, and if any any walk of life, there's not very many super elites. 
Right. There really is not. No. It's a small, small group. So, yeah. So you either got to get in that group or you're going to be doomed to, you know, as you said, he goes back to the scene of the perfect crime and, and, you know, he, he basically, he basically did it to himself when he did that. So, you know. Well, what yeah. happens is the elites and everybody set up parameters for everybody. Yeah. So you, you have to, and it's not clear. They don't teach you about it in school. Uh, your parents might not know about it. You're going to have to know about it reading between the lines. More, most important rules yep. are the unwritten rules. The other one is selective prosecution. What happened with George Floyd, where it came to elect your prosecute. Not all crimes are investigated. The crimes that are investigated and prosecuted, because that's a great lesson in this, yep. are political. Yep. Based on where you are at, at the time, whether something's a crime, or something's not a crime. Sports yeah. is a big thing. Right? Sports some... 30 years ago. Betting slip from Trump, Trump Tower. Give it to the guy who eventually he was on TV in 2018, getting arrested for a uh, uh, sports betting operation, the Trump Tower. I'm like, oh, I knew about that 30 years ago. And I get the slip to that guy who's not waving and, and Trump is clapping as he leaves, right? Sports betting basically legal in New York for how many years? Everybody, the mayor, the cops, everybody, right? <laughs> yeah, and in the next 10 years, it's going to be legal every place. <laughs> you know, all 50 states. And Chris Christie, right, from New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. It's going to, when these people finally realize how much money they can pump into their economy in this city, town, state. It'll become legal every place. And, and now, you know, now that day is coming. When I was in Tampa, you go to jail for 20 years for sports. Yep. You know? Yep. Because it's laws are prosecuted based on location, social status, who you know, just like everything else. And I think the more people learn this, the better they're going to be acting at sports betting. And we're going to get into the NCAAs, things, different things that are going to go on with refs at conference tournaments. Yep. And then into the NBA playoffs. Why is it? Why is Scott Foster still refing games? College basketball is Teddy Valentine. Why is Teddy Valentine still right. uh, refing games until last year, Teddy Valentine? Right. That's right. That's we right. We don't judge Scott Foster or Teddy Valentine. We just say, "Oh, he's at the game. What's the situation here? Oh, yeah, this is a rich alumni group. This is an alumni group to pin them off. This is where I'm going with this, right? So we use this to monetize, make money. I pay for vacations, pay for my life. Yep. Observing sometimes. That's why God gave you two years and one mouth to, to hear and listen. So let's listen to George Navarro. The last one was in 2019. He was in Dubai. Yep. Now it is July 12, 2020. And the biggest problem with George Navarro was him getting drunk and talking way too much. Yeah. Yeah. 
Facing over the last few weeks has been Jorge Navarro, the trainer, and of course the trainer of Sharp Azteca. There was a video that many people saw, maybe many of you didn't see it, involving him and one of his owners. There's been a big controversy. The vestibule juice. <laughs> controversy there were fines levied in new york new jersey a lot of tracks not accepting his entries jorge navarro is standing in the paddock with gabby Gadet. thank you andy and jorge obviously you have been the subject of controversy uh recently after um a video was released uh, back in the beginning of august jorge what have you how have you kind of reflected on this situation and is there anything you'd like to say to the racing community about it Yes, first I wanted to apologize to all of them. Like I said, my wife and my family. So let's stop there about selective prosecution. At that point, right, the tracks that are run by syndicates, they only find them, right? So this is a guy who, spiking horses that everybody knew at this point, had killed over 200 horses. And he gets a fine. Right. How does that happen, Scott? No idea. No idea. He, he's, in, he's, got, he's paying people off. That's exactly what's happening. He's, he's paying these tracks off or the people are making the decision. Or the, the, the syndicates are paying the FBI, the judges, to keep the operation going. Because remember, you're saying, Josh, what are the dollars involved, right? Destroying his family that owns yep. six tracks, that owns XBET, right? You place a bet, you got to use XBET, owned by the Stronish family. They own six tracks, six horse farms, in the in the payment mechanism yeah then you got steve Wynn, who just built cash with his own money a hotel in boston and a big selling it to somebody in new york he's selling it to and then leasing it back to him who's he selling it to in new york the five families right and and the thing that you can tell between the last interview and this interview the walls are starting to close in on him now. And he right. he kind of he kind of knows it. He kind of knows that something's coming. He's asking to be taken to Ocala. Remember, yep. I don't want to go to Ocala. It's a uh the bad boys horse farm where I saw John Jr. and John. Yep. And I'm like, man, I gotta get out of here. I started running out of here. <laughs> uh why does this guy want to go there? Right? And the Stroni family has a horse farm in Ocala. Ocala. And yep. inside that horse farm, we'll track the death. One of the podcasts is going to be analyzing the death of Bunny Barry Sherman. They had a horse pharmacy in Ocala, inside the horse farm of the Strodesham. Yep. And they up dead. Who killed them, right? We'll figure it out here. We figured it out. <laughs> So we're going to have an update of what last year. So let's listen to George. The walls are coming in, like you said. Yep. Hey, buddy. It's um, I'm ashamed of what happened that day. All right. Uh, I let somebody took the best out of me. And you know, that's a no-no. Uh, a guy like me, leading trainer. All right. Uh, she's been acting that way. And I do regret what happened that night. And if I have to apologize for the rest of my life, it's going to happen. I will. 
And Jorge, with certain situations like this, you know, when, when there's controversy surrounding an operation or when there's a lot of negative attention, how does that kind of affect the mood uh, of you and of your operation as well moving forward? You know what? I want to thank my assistants. Jesus Christ. Uh, they, were, they were there for me this last two weeks. Now, did you hear uh, the... Did you hear... Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to call her dumb, but did you hear the stupid remark made by the, let, let's, re, let's replay, uh, stupid remark made by the interviewer, right, here you go. I want to thank my assistants, Jesus Christ, uh, they, were, they were there for me these last two weeks, and I do regret what happened that night, and if I have to apologize for the rest of my life, it's going to happen, I will. And Jorge, with certain situations like this, you know, when, when there's controversy surrounding an operation or when there's... There you go. <laughs> she should not have used the word operation. These are individual competitors. Let's, let's go along with the fantasy. Because at the end of the day, this is a, supposed to be a distraction, a yep. fantasy, right? Because this guy, he's a world shot trainer. He's an ace guy with a lot of money. I like betting with him. It's a fantasy. She called it an operation. She did not call it a competition. Yeah. But yeah, listen. Yeah. Right? yeah. She didn't she didn't seem like she she knew what to ask and how to ask it. She she's she's not a good interviewer at all. But she because said it, the word choice you use, operation. This is yeah, operation. that too. That too. Racket. Well, <laughs> this is a racket. Yeah. Who's her employer, Scott? No, same employer as our good friend Portnoy. Oh, um, Penn National Bustle. There you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Employed by the mafia. And I'm, I was never employed by the mafia. Worked for some guys, you know. And I never used the word operation. I knew not to use the word operation. And I wasn't even interviewing anybody. I was just driving somebody here, driving somebody there. They're like, Josh, that, that, uh, that card over there, inside those bags, don't look over there. Look over here. Look that way. Well, boom. All right. Yeah, look, okay, tell me when you're done because I'm not looking that way. Just, just don't look. Look, look, <laughs> look that way. That way right. look, look that way. We're gonna, we'll be over here. Right, right, right. It's, it's one of those with that woman. I saw that interview about a week and a half ago. I watched that interview. That was one of the interviews I watched. It seemed like it was one of those pretty face during the day. A lot of people watch. Let's get a pretty face as an interviewer. We don't care what she asked, how she asked it. Let's just right. let's just put her on. You know, she probably has no not much knowledge of the horse racing game. She's probably two percent, you know, knowledgeable in, the, in it. So, you know, her her producers probably said this is what you need to ask, and they and they probably wrote it down for her. So it may not be just her. It may be producers. It may be people that are saying, "Ask it this way." But she seemed like she was de she was deviating from what either was on the paper or what she's been told to ask because she right. she was reaching for 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 the question. It seemed like so. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And then uh, somebody's writing questions for her. They're like, it's highly possible. Highly possible. What are we involved in here? This is an operation here, and I'm involved in how do I get out? Let me get a different job or something. That's not what I signed up. I didn't know 
what's going on with Penn National and Jordan's family and the track. And now this yeah. guy, they're asking me to, you know, interview this criminal. Let's see. That's crazy. Yeah. That's it was, I thought, I thought this job was one thing and now it's totally the opposite. Right. How, how am I getting out? I got to get out. I got to find a way out. Exactly. A lot of negative attention. How does that kind of affect the mood uh, of you and of your operation as well moving forward? You know what? I want to thank my assistants. Jesus Christ. Uh, they, were, they were there for me these last two weeks. Uh, if it wasn't for them, I don't know where, I would, where I've been. Or my wife. It would see what's a hard situation. Listen, this is all I know how to do. I know how to train horses. I'm a horseman. All right? And feeling that they were taking that away from me. Feeling that sharp as tech, I wasn't be able to run. All right? Hey, I want to thank the United, uh, Naira for doing this for me. And the horse. It's about the horse, not me. All right? About me, I'm going to clean up. And like I said, if I'm going to apologize for the rest of my life, I will. That's the type of guy that I am. All right. I, I just find that, like, the way they're handling this situation based on this video is a little bit knee-jerk, and it's a little bit obnoxious, and um, it's a little bit disappointing. Um, so, and I was disappointed myself for jumping to so many conclusions and saying some of the things I'd said in private and whatever, and, and, and I just don't even think it's show, fair. I mean, to be fair. Yeah, even on the show, and I don't think it's fair that we, we jump to conclusions, and I don't know what his record is on positives and not positives. Um, Here's what I will say is that there is someone, and I won't say that person's name, but there is someone that I really respect in racing um, that thinks very highly of Jorge Navarro. Uh, there's a couple guys that I think very highly of him, think he gets a bad rap. And I've, in all the time I've ever done this show, uh, I've never, ever, ever, ever pulled the race card, um, except for the time I told the story about the guy. That's not the race card. That, that, was, that, was, that was something that, uh, that, that was not the, you, you get a, right. a clean, clean bill of health for that one. I wonder, and I and I hope I don't offend anyone with this. I really do wonder if 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 he happened to be from a different background, would this have happened? And maybe this maybe the answer is yes, right? I mean, he look, he does win at an unbelievable clip, and he does move up horses. That All right, so we played, you know, people reacting to it. Right? So this, this that shows you what makes this podcast different, right? I work for people that have. You know, fifty million dollars. Watch the psychotherapist. We're a facts, facts-based podcast. Yep. So if we say something, we can't corroborate. In uh, in the episode notes, uh, we'll look through the rules of evidence. Right. Uh, at the top is video. Second is documentation. The worst is eyewitness uh, testimony. That guy right there, he had no facts. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, well, I don't know how many times he's tested positive. You don't know. We're, we're looking at an indictment, right? What the FBI agents who have been looking at him for eight years, yep. right? Uh, detail through the rules of evidence, okay? So there's no conjecture, right? And we're also basing it on our experience and education, observing the world for a combined hundred years. That's why we know so much. Worth of ours from Panama. Panama, okay, yeah. All right. So being deported to Panama, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Panama is really good. It's on the beach. 
He has yeah. a lot of pipe money, has a lot of cash to live. So that's not much of a of a punishment. Nope, not at all. Not at all. But, see, it seems like if the FBI did all this legwork and then in the end they're saying, okay, George, what do you want? You want to go back to Panama? We'll send you back to Panama. Do you want to go to Ocala? We'll send you Ocala. It just it just seems like they're they're just oh they, like, they never cared. Remember, no, he got popped for what committing two crimes at the same time and going back to the scene of a perfect crime. They're like, yep, even admitted it in the first clip we said. We said, like, how can a horse make up so much ground? Blah blah blah. Yes, we do know because he spiked. Why? So. That's the big difference, right? We focus on facts, facts-based podcasts, the rules of evidence that we'll go through. And what you need is video evidence isn't enough. You need corroboration, okay? You need to corroborate what you're stating. And, and that's, you know, that's why Scott and I are collaborating. Scott can say, no, you're looking at that wrong. Uh, or I read this here and it's different, boom. You get to the truth versus most true crime podcasts that just they set on something and everybody yeses each other. Yep. You get one narrative. Right. Yeah. And if you're listening to any podcast that, that can't corroborate or you can't find the facts as to what they're saying, then you probably should should think about listening to that podcast and you should probably should switch off to something else because we get a lot of podcasts out there say stuff off the top of their head. And then when you go and try to find evidence to back it up, it isn't there. And, and with this, it's there. It's it's totally all there. I mean, it's, it's easy to find if you want it. So. So, and some things have been scraped. Like I was going to pull up real quick the background of George Navarro. And I'll have that for the next week because I, I do have it on my uh, transcripts from the podcast from last week. Yep. And next week we'll go into details of how George Navarro went from a horse groomer to sitting on $35 million to now sitting in a jail cell. And and, and I I will tell you, it's very, very long and fascinating in terms of what's in the indictment. And you all should listen. To, to what what's coming. I mean, you should listen in everything that the SBC does because everything is great. But this is this is phenomenal stuff. There's a lot of stuff in there that I saw that I was like, wow, holy moly. So, you know. Now, there's a caveat to this. And we'll give you a final word, uh, final uh, word okay. for this week. Okay. Maximum security. Trained by George Navarro. Uh, really trained by uh, Jason Service, who says he yep. can't find it. This is going on. Yep. Test dirty in a Dubai car. And they ran him in the Kentucky Derby. So these people, right? I have a great client, super, got some money in God, right? He lives in South Dakota on a farm. And I was going on my rant about uh, that 95% of people cannot change. He's like, Josh, Putin doesn't change, right? Says, Josh, the only way people change is when they need to change. 
So people that have been doing these scams we're talking about, I'm making a prediction right now. They haven't changed. Since they haven't changed, we're not going to do a moral judgment. We're just going to bet on the fact they haven't changed. <laughs> Final words, uh, Scott, before we get Winston Churchill. So, um, again, like I just said, you know, next week is going to be highly fascinating stuff. Some you people, a lot of you aren't going to believe what, what's in the indictment if you haven't read it already, right. um, because uh, Josh pointed me to it, to it uh, in the pre-show and I started skimming it over. And there's a lot of stuff. This guy is a, is a guy that is not on the super elite level. He did not cover up any of his mistakes and there was a lot of tracking on him. So um, he's an interesting guy. He's a very interesting guy. So, you know, I'm looking forward to next week. Part two in detail, George Navarro, then we go Jason Service, we'll go Strony Family, Elite. Yeah. That I like to have as clients, right? And and I'm glad you asked me to do this because this this stuff, you know, I'm I'm not an expert in the horse racing game, but I, I am interested in it um, as I am in a lot of stuff. So um, you know, I love this stuff. I absolutely love this stuff. So this will be interesting. So. And like uh, the guy that we grew up with, um, I forgot his name. We'll get his name last crazy ago. Now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> now you know the rest of the story. Now Zelensky, a new favorite guy, right? He's walking the streets, Putin after him. Uh, and he's taking this from one of the great leaders in Western civilization, Winston Churchill, who is sports betting. You know, I learned this in the sports book. People asking me for information. And getting information back, getting drink tickets back, getting all kinds of stuff back. Uh, sports betting, it's about collaboration, right? Anything else, really, capitalism is about collaboration. Chinese and Putin say, we can't collaborate. NATO's going to fall apart. You guys can't collaborate. But we're proving it wrong on this podcast. And Winston Churchill said, you know, uh, you, the more you give, the more you get back. One out of 10, 10x. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life for what you give. Thank you for listening to ESPC Podcast, Horse Racing True Prime. We'll be back with George Navarro, part two. That's why this one goes cost $800 and that goes $200. And I don't know what that cost, I'm just shitting the work. That's why I'm